0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What do you want to do today? Huh? What do you want to do today? What was that? I said, what do you want to do today? If you have ever experienced a situation like that where one person can't hear another person, you know just how frustrating it can be. Maybe you're at a concert, maybe you're in a crowded marketplace, or maybe you just are speaking to someone who hasn't turned on their hearing aids yet for the day. Either way, these situations are so frustrating because it's difficult to have meaningful communication when one person can't hear the other person. It can get so frustrating that eventually either the listener or the speaker, or maybe both people, just stop attempting to hear each other. In our lesson for this morning, Jesus met a man who could not hear and could not speak. No doubt this man had 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 his fair share of frustrating situations because he wasn't able to hear or speak properly. His ears were stopped up and his tongue was tied. Jesus needs only one word to change everything. ephetha: be opened. With this word, Jesus opens the ears of a deaf man. And he opens the ears of our spiritually deaf hearts. As our lesson begins, Jesus travels to the Decapolis, a series of ten cities located east and southeast of the, of the Sea of Galilee. This land is outside of the typical bounds of Israel. And Jesus hasn't spent a lot of time here. But regardless, people have still heard about him. A crowd gathers and they bring to Jesus a man who is deaf and mute so that Jesus can place his hand on the man to heal him. This crowd was already clearly in awe of Jesus. Who was Jesus of Nazareth? Sort of an irrelevant question. He could heal people. He was able to do things that no one else could. He didn't need any medicine or special tactics or tricks. Jesus would put his hand on someone and immediately they would be healed. It's kind of unclear from the story whether or not this man who is deaf and mute really understood what was happening to him. Did he understand that the crowd was bringing him to Jesus because Jesus was a healer? Or was he just sort of getting carried along by a crowd? Regardless of what this man thought, Jesus took him and he pulled him aside. We've already read the end of the account, so it seems strange that Jesus doesn't immediately heal the man. Jesus had performed many miracles in public. He had healed people in crowds before. But in this instance, Jesus begins by pulling the man aside privately. Maybe you can relate to this experience. You're in a group text message chain or an email chain, something to that effect, and one person finds out that it's your birthday, so they type in happy birthday. And then immediately after that, you get swarmed with other quickly typed in birthday wishes. Maybe you feel loved by that mass of birthday wishes, but if you're anything like me, just receiving one personalized birthday wish is far more meaningful than getting a whole slew of hastily typed in happy birthdays by people who clearly forgot that it was my birthday. Jesus' interaction with this man is like one big personalized happy birthday. Jesus uses a series of sign language, basically, these nonverbal gestures to communicate with this man who couldn't hear words. Jesus begins his gesture by taking his fingers and placing them into the ears of the man who is deaf. Seems very, very strange to us. But for this man, it communicated that Jesus was going to do something about his hearing problem. Then Jesus spit. And then Jesus took his finger and touched the man's tongue. To our 21st century germ-conscious ears, this sounds particularly gross and disgusting. But for this man, it helped communicate that Jesus was going to fix his speaking problem. It wasn't just some gross gesture. Instead, it was a sign of respect. Jesus respected this man enough to first communicate what was going to happen, and then he healed the man. Jesus' final act of sign language involved him sighing and then looking up to heaven. Jesus was communicating with this man that what was about to happen was not done by a mere human being. This healing was from God. This was a divine healing. And then Jesus spoke just one word. Ephatha. Be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened and his tongue was freed. First words are very important to us. You might not remember your first words, but I'm sure that your parents do. And no first word may have been more impactful an ephatha probably the first word this man had ever heard his ears were now open now he was free now he wouldn't have to endure all of those situations of complicated speech even though jesus had pulled this man away privately a crowd had still managed to form around him and around this man this crowd was amazed by jesus actions and they immediately began to tell other people what had happened Jesus commanded these people not to say a word, but the more he commanded them, the more they continued to share about the miraculous healing that he had performed. This crowd was completely in awe of the power of Jesus of Nazareth. About him they said, He has done everything well. Jesus has done everything everything well in our lives he comes to us personally and intimately to heal our deafness and our muteness he doesn't want us to live in a state of frustrated communication like people who haven't replaced the batteries in their hearing aids those frustrated situations they lead only to despair but Jesus has something better for us in mind but we need more than a Jesus who just heals us physically. We need a Jesus who opens up our deaf hearts and souls. It's clear from the Bible that Jesus has the ability to heal any physical ailment. The Bible contains account after account after account of Jesus going out and healing people of various physical ailments. When we look at Jesus' ability to heal any physical ailment, we might be tempted to compare it to our own lives. We have lives that are filled with weakness and trials and suffering. We might look at these two situations and wonder how everything is being done well when God still allows us to suffer today. Wouldn't doing everything well involve Jesus healing his people physically so that they could go out and better communicate what he has done for them? When we look at our own pain and suffering and hurts, we might question, how is God doing this well? Our lives are filled with pain. We're crushed When a loved one passes away, our lives are filled with broken and fractured relationships with the people that we love most. We're constantly praying. We're constantly reading God's word. We're attending church and Bible study. Yet lives of unbelievers just seem to be filled with so much more success. When we look at our pain and hardships, we might start to ask questions like that. Ask questions like, why is God having me needlessly suffer? How is God doing everything well today? When we ask those questions, we are doubting God. We are doubting God and his promises. Promises that he's made to us, such as from Romans chapter. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. When we ask these questions, we're doubting God. We're breaking the first commandment. And we're disregarding God's word. When we look at our own pain and weaknesses, we realize that on our own, we can't fix them. The man who was born deaf and mute, he couldn't fix his situation on his own. We can't fix all of our pain and suffering by ourselves. Instead, we need someone to come. We need someone to come and heal us. Jesus came with a greater purpose than to just be a physical healer. Did you notice how immediately after healing this man, Jesus commands the crowd not to tell anyone about what has happened? It seems so strange, sort of anti-evangelical, anti-Christian. Jesus, the man who's going to give the Great Commission, telling people not to talk about him? As these people went out and told other people about Jesus, they were in awe of his ability to heal physically But that awe didn't transfer to the realm of the salvation of souls. If these people would have been concerned about spiritual healing, then they would have listened to God's Son. God's Son who commanded them not to tell other people. Because of their disobedience, Jesus' popularity grew. Now people were going to view him more as an earthly figure. Maybe he was going to be a powerful king who could throw off the shackles of the Roman government. Or maybe he was going to be this amazing physical healer who could heal all the nations. As these people told more people about Jesus' physical healings, his popularity grew. And as his popularity grew, his ultimate goal was going to become more difficult. His ultimate goal of going to the cross to forgive our sins. But not even disobedience from a crowd, not even growing popularity could stop Jesus from achieving that goal. Jesus did make it to that cross in Calvary. There he spoke the words, "It is finished." A spiritual ephatha, a spiritual be opened. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus opens up our hearts and the Holy Spirit sa- fills us with saving faith that comes from knowing Jesus as our savior. A Savior who has paid for each and every one of our sins. Forgiven us even those times when we have doubted God and his promises. If we thought that we were hearing just fine, if we thought that everything was working well enough with our ears, we wouldn't have listened to those words, it is finished. We would have thought that we were doing well enough on our own. But those pain and suffering, all of the situations in life that are challenging, they cause us to realize we need healing outside of ourselves. We need someone to come and save us. We need that salvation that comes from the cross. Three three days later, after Jesus spoke those words, it is finished, we hear more words from angel. An angel who said, He is not here. He has risen, as he said, and immediately our tongues of faith are loosened. There's no longer a command to be silent. Right now, silence is impossible. Everything has been done too well to keep under wraps. We have been healed, and now we go out and we tell other people about our spiritual healing. At Jesus' ascension, we hear him say the words, Go and make disciples of all nations, words that propel us forward, and it gives us the comfort surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have a God given confidence to go out and tell other people how Jesus has changed our lives, how Jesus has opened our ears and unloosened our tongues. We have been saved by Jesus' amazing work on the cross. even after this spiritual healing that we have received, we still have lives that are filled with pain and suffering. We might question how God is doing everything well. These moments of pain and suffering, they, they help us realize that we need help from somewhere else. We can't fix things on our own. At the beginning of the sermon, we heard that example of frustrated communication And on our own, that's all our lives are, frustrated communication. We need Jesus to come and to heal us. We needed the Jesus who came to forgive our sins and open our deaf hearts. Jesus provided his healing from the cross with those words, It is finished. Now, as we look at our lives filled with hardship we go forth viewing those hardships as opportunities for Jesus to once again show us his power to heal. He has opened up the ears of a deaf man and he's opened the ears of our deaf hearts. Amen. And may the peace of God which transcends,